All right, so we recorded a podcast on Saturday afternoon before all the games started, and since then, 13 of the Northern Ireland squad have died. A further five are in a critical condition, and two have been remanded in custody. Do still listen to the podcast, as there is a lot of relevant stuff still in there, including some superb insight from Lithuanian football journalist Lucas Gintautas. Um, But I'm Andy Bell, and I've got Dave Dunning on again tonight, just to do a little bit extra and based on the a million injuries that uh, Northern Ireland have picked up. So the injuries are um, Josh McGuinness, Corey Evans, Johnny Evans, and Stuart Dallas have all pulled out of the squad. There are possible further injuries to Craig Cathcart, who limped off for Watford at the weekend, Kieran Brown, and Shane Ferguson. Now, Kieran Brown did play for Cardiff's under-23s at the weekend, so he should be okay, but Ferguson was out of the um he was out of the who's he playing for again rotherham squad he was out of the rotherham squad at the weekend but apparently that's not overly serious either but i just want to mention every possible eventuality before i have to get dave on again tomorrow lunchtime or some ridiculous ah, good luck with that <laughs> well you're getting off work aren't you so uh i'll make sure i rinse you until until everything anyway yeah. in we've got tom flanagan kyle lafferty it's been recalled to the squad. Alfie McCalmont, interestingly, over Galbraith. We're not going to talk too much about that. And Liam Donnelly of Motherwell, who's just been out for a year. So, Dave, we're going to make this kind of like a, a starting 11 prediction show um, because I think three or four of the 11, me, you and Pete, all picked for the Lithuania game are out now. So, But before we before we actually talk about the 11 itself, like, just give me your thoughts on... I guess the the pullouts. It's a it's a it's a big blow. We kind of knew that Johnny Evans was probably going to be out. Um, Stuart Dallas is a big blow, and even McGuinness. While we may not overly rate him in this podcast, the manager does, and the manager plays him every game, so he's got another problem there. Yeah, Dallas is the big one, isn't he? Dallas is the big one. McGuinness. I think it's more of a problem for the manager than it is for. Maybe you. a lot of people who are listening to this. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's less of a problem than maybe he thinks it is. I think mm. it's one of these ones where... It could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it might force exactly. him to actually do something and realise we don't need the big man-little man combination necessarily. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was thinking. Um, it could just force his hand to doing something that he's maybe not necessarily comfortable with and just stumble across something different that works. Be it a be it a Dion Charles or you know be it a a small man small man combination that he goes oh my god actually it's really good having two like fast nippy guys up there I might have to I might have to consider doing that again sometime so yeah I, who knows I, this you know I think this even throws into question like what sort of shape potentially we're going to play um, mm-hmm. but for me for me the big big loss is Dallas um, he's it, just he really has become a real talisman for that side, and you know he's playing in he's playing in a, a team which is packed with quality players with unbelievable fitness levels. And if you're talking about legs to get around the park um, during an international break, when some players might be thinking, I don't really want to get hurt going back uh, to, to my club. That's that's not really his that's not his cup of tea at all. So. Yeah, you're missing more than technical ability in there. You're missing experience, you're missing legs, and you're missing players, a player that is absolutely used to playing against players of the highest quality. No, absolutely. And he was the one of the few senior players who have actually turned up to that June camp. I think Ian Barclough said that he was happy to give players a, 
Um, a break, obviously, after a very congested season as it was, and he wasn't going to force anyone to turn up. But Dallas wanted those extra caps. He spoke about how much pride he had in captain in his country, and 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 he, he just gets it. He gets us, doesn't he? He's, yeah. he's Northern he Irish. International too. career quite late as well. Really. He does. So, you know, yeah. he's probably thinking about that too. That I didn't get the benefit of of the likes of you know Johnny Evans or or Steve Davis starting off in you know late teens, early twenties, and. Um, he probably is just trying to just trying to squeeze as much out of that as he can. So fair play to him. Definitely. So in the team I picked on Saturday, I said I want one of McNair or Dallas in midfield. And because I think McNair is a, a very good centre half and because I don't necessarily trust the other centre halves we have in the squad, bar Johnny Evans and uh, and Daniel Ballard, I thought then we, we'd have to play him there. And, and therefore Dallas was in midfield. Now, I know you've talked before that you, you'd love to see the Davis-McNair-Dallas midfield one day. But it's a dream. It, yeah, and <laughs> on paper it just sounds amazing, doesn't it? It just sounds absolutely amazing. But do you think McNair might have to go into midfield now? Um, I mean, we kind of talked about this in the pre-pod. I know I sort of think that he he does have to go in there to be a bit of kind of the creative man there. You've got Davis and Dallas here, who are brilliant technical footballers, but I'm not sure any of them are are necessarily chalking up even five assists in a season. Not that assists are the, the only barometer of creativity, but you get what I'm saying. We're playing Lithuania. We're going to have a lot of the ball, and you want that man to to, to break down the, the defensive and the midfield lines of Lithuania, which McNair is. But do you think that it's the situation at centre-half is so bad, notwithstanding you know potentially Craig Cathcart could, could still play? We don't have any update on him. Do you think the situation at centre-half may be so bad that we have to just stick McNair there and cop for it? Maybe. I, I think the other thing he maybe looks at with, with the squad kind of threadbare now, maybe you just, it's a bit round pegs and square holes and it's just get the best 11 I can on the pitch and maybe it's Lithuania, you've just got to get the best players out there you can and maybe I just tinker with the tinker with the shape a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me massively just to see him go four at the back and be that um God, I don't know what Ballard and you know fingers crossed Cathcart. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know if you're putting the other question is if you're putting McNair into the midfield and you're going to back three, you're going who Ballard, maybe Smith and Brown could be Smith, could be Flanagan, could be Donnelly, I suppose. I'm, I'm not sure he's going to throw any of those in, but I, I was going to ask you about Flanagan because he does throw him into a couple of the Nations League games and in a back three where he is protected. I actually thought he did quite well. So, like, would it shock you to see something like that? Or do you think that's a bit too much of a risk for him? I mean, it's hard to know how much defending we're going to have to do. And even in these scenarios, the team, any team can get a breakaway or get a set piece and, and, and get a goal. So it's hard to know, really. Yeah, I think the concern that you have here is we know this team are decent at kind of protecting themselves. The last thing you want to do is go 1-0 down against them. You go 1-0 down against them and you you really are going to be up against it. So I, this is really tough. Um, does he trust? I suppose the question for the manager is, is what does he have more faith in? Does he have more faith in the, the shape and the structure of the side? Or does he have more faith in, in, indivi- in specific individual players? And does he accommodate them? And uh, honestly, Andy, I don't know what the answer is to that question. So nothing would surprise me. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. I think we were talking about it over WhatsApp as well. And, and you mentioned 4-4-2 as a potential option. And I actually did think about that as a way he could get the two strikers on the pitch, which we know he's favoured 
um, while solving himself a few problems at the back. He's kind of backed himself into a corner with this 3-5-2 because he's made it very clear that this is what he wants to play. And to a certain extent, I don't blame him because we, we do just have the players for it. There's a lack of wingers in the squad. There's a lack of wingers coming through. And, you know, we've got five, five or six strikers. Potentially, Lavery could be this, but none of which you're entirely confident we're playing as a lone striker. You kind of want the two of them to bounce off each other. And we've got, you know, we've got a few centre halves who look a bit better in a back three than they do in a back two. Is there a worry for you, though, that in a game where, as I say, we are going to probably have 60, 70 percent of the ball, if you play like a Ballard Brown in a back two, that the likes of Lewis is going to have to massively protect them and won't get forward as much as we need and won't give us that outlet out wide? And, you know, I don't know. I feel like that could could potentially come into it. I don't know what you think. Yeah, you're massively compromising the width there, aren't you? I think realistically who are your who are your genuine wide players in the squad you're talking Lewis from a from an a left wing back position if you want to use like a 90s term mm-hmm. and white and Jones mm-hmm. like, I guess McGinn as well but you'd probably rather see McGinn central if you're gonna see him or even more like I suppose what that is you know even when he has played in in, in, a, in, a, in a three up top it's been more of more of an inside forward or inverted winger or whatever term mm-hmm. you use in these days. It's not a it's not a chalk on your boots, hug the touch line, hug the touch line and get to the get to the byline and cross the ball sort of sort of. Well, White I suppose is kind of that player, but he, he he's rarely played him on the right. To be honest, I don't know if he's. I've, I've a, I love White. I really like him. He's dynamic. He's quick. He gets at defenders, but sometimes I think he would worry me a bit in a game like this, where. You're not going to get any space. You're not going to be able to run to the byline and get a ball in because the the defense is just going to be so deep. And I'm not sure White necessarily has the ability to consistently find that pass or find the cross or find the end product. Whereas Jordan Jones, uh, like listen, I know you're not the biggest fan, but he, he he kind of does have that little bit extra. I'd rather I'd back Jordan Jones to find to find a moment in a tight space when there's no space in behind more than I would White. I think. I would agree with that. Listen, it's my opinion on Jones is is more to do with him as an unreliable individual than an unreliable footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see I want I want to see I want to see Steve Davis. I want to see Stuart Dallas and everybody who gets their head down is is ultimate an ultimate professional and does everything he can to get himself on the pitch and put in good performances. That's not Jordan Jones from what I've seen over the last few years. No, what he what he is though is he's a bit of a maverick mm-hmm. and he can do something out of nothing. And we've seen that even for Sunderland. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing Jordan Jones at all. Um, it, it's so strange, this, because you're looking at, you're looking at where the, the dropouts have been and I'd almost think you'd be better off losing McNair and, and Davis because at least you're not having to potentially compromise your entire setup, mm-hmm. whereas with with Dallas, who you're basically losing two two options there at, at right wing back, and and in the midfield, and Evans, and then Cathcart, and then whatever else you might have, you've got real structural issues on how you're going to approach the game now, which is the big big challenge for Barclough. Definitely. Okay, we'll start to wrap this up then. The two up front, if it is two up front indeed, um, if it's one up front, uh, I think we're both agreed that it's Shane Lavery. 
Shane Lavery's going to play in it too as well. Um, now, we've chatted a little bit about how he, he likes to favour the big man-little man combination. This may force his hand into doing something different. Would it shock you if he did Kyle Lafferty after he brought him in? I mean, you could kind of play on the idea that he's angry. He wants to prove a point. It's not the first time he's been left out of a squad in the last couple of years due to the level or league he's playing at. And for me, it wouldn't shock me to see a Lafferty Lavery um, link up. We know Lafferty has actually got the match fitness in his legs at the minute, haven't played every week for Kilmarnock, haven't played in Europe for Anarthosis Famagusta. So that's been my main issue with Lafferty, to be honest. It's it's been when you when you play him from the start and he's just clearly not fit. The ball's bouncing off him, he can't hold anything up. He's not making the runs and, and after fifteen minutes he's blowing out his arse. That's not the Kyle Lafferty we're necessarily going to get here. So I'm not sure. Do you think Barclough would be maybe a bit too stubborn to throw him in after having left him out. But for me, a, a good manager plays on that and uses that and thinks I might get an extra Farry Kyle Lafferty here. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where he's drawn the experiences of dealing with personalities like Kyle Lafferty <laughs> from, from yeah. though, because, well, there's not many that do. Um, and he, he just doesn't have that level of experience. Barclough, so I don't really know what he does. I could see probably one of two things. I, I think I'm probably looking at Lafferty, Lavery in a two, potentially, mm-hmm. or I could. I wouldn't be surprised to see a front three if he wants to go four three three of Lafferty through the middle and McGinn one side and Jones the other, for example. That wouldn't shock me either. Even that, that wouldn't. And that wouldn't annoy me at all. That wouldn't annoy yeah. me at all. I, I actually think if there's a game for him again, uh, he's 34 now, he hasn't played a lot this season, but he he is he does get numbers, he does get shots away, he can get you a goal. I wouldn't be furious to see now again in this game. No, so I, I think, and with, and with the players you've lost, you know, you're you're talking, if Cathcart's not there, you're talking three real um, bags of experience there. Like how many caps are you losing between Dallas Evans and, and Cathcart? Mm-hmm. So you probably want some old heads on the pitch, um, especially if you're throwing in uh, a McCann and a, a Brown and a, a Ballard and whoever else. Yeah, he, he even a Lewis hasn't that many games. Yeah, no, you know, um, it's a Jones, a White. Mm-hmm. You know, these these guys, these these guys don't have that experience that that the the core element of the squad did performing in big games and grinding out results and going away to Azerbaijan and getting a last-minute 1-0 win, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's a pressure on those guys as well, especially if it gets to, you know, 50, 60, 70 minutes at 0-0 because, as, as we've talked about before, Michael O'Neill, I think as you talked about in the preview, Michael O'Neill built the the his success really around beating these teams consistently. So it'd be, it would be the first time we've had a, a really bad result like this in... Probably since Michael O'Neill's first campaign, I, uh, there's maybe one I'm missing out, uh, arguably Bulgaria, I guess. But this is this is going to be a, a completely different level of humiliation to to the nil nil against Bulgaria. I think if we don't do it, um, Pete couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately. Uh, it was very short notice, to be fair. But he has sent me his team over for anyone who's interested or anyone listening to the the preview podcast. So this is assuming that Craig Cathcart isn't fit. So he's going Peacock Farrell. He's sticking with McNair in the back three with Ballard and Brown. He's going Smith and Lewis at wing back, McCann, Davis and Thompson, which I think he said he was was a midfield three he was going to go with against Switzerland. 
when he was going to put McNair in the back three. And then he's going Lavery and Jones up front. Uh, and there are there are several options up front. There's Washington as well. We haven't, we haven't really talked about We're probably not going to have the time to talk about him tonight. I'd probably rather see him against Switzerland. Uh, but just before you go, Dave, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Switzerland themselves because we're not the only team that have had pullouts and, and injuries. So on... What day is this? We're recording this on the Wednesday. So on Monday, Kevin and Babu, the right back, pulled out yesterday. He's dead she, good too. I really like him. He is. You know, this is a mad thing. He actually went to Rangers for a year and didn't play at all. I think it was in right? when Rangers were in like League One or the Championship. He must have been dead young. But yeah, it's one of those like Fabinho was at Real Madrid and only got one game. It, it kind of bypassed you. Yeah. So so he was at Rangers. I think under Ali McCoy, which just. Seems hilarious to me, but <laughs> now is not the time. So yesterday, Shakiri, um, Mario Gavranovic, who I think is a very, very good nippy player and could have easily replaced Breelan Bolo. He's also out of the squad. Um, so he's Shaqiri, a handful in Bolo as well. And Bolo is, yeah, he, he was he was very good apart from finishing in the in the game against Basel in the playoff. I remember he he, he kind of ripped us apart. And Gavranovic, I mean, that goal he scored against France was was absolutely amazing and uh, off the bench he, he he was used off the bench in every game Shakiri and Bolo started every game I think Mbappé started two or three of them there's Loris Benito who's out as well who I've never heard of and then today Granit Xhaka has tested positive for Covid for nice. stupidity I mean Stupid. Covid yeah. <laughs> I think somebody came back to me saying like it's the first thing he's ever tested positive for or it's the first thing he's done positive or some some gag about the positive that I, I can't quite deliver on the on the spot but he's taking another PCR test tomorrow and may still be available for another next Wednesday so we're not sure on him but we are sure on the other was five others I mentioned there so Dave even though that we have our own injury problems realistically we need four points from Switzerland and Switzerland don't really lose games at home, never mind the teams of our calibre. So do you think this just is an opportunity we have to take and we have to go for it, regardless of our own deficiencies? Yeah. this It could be chaos. You know, it could absolutely be chaos. It could be team, a bunch of lads who just don't... It could be like five aside. We're just these bunch of guys who... Have <laughs> Roger Federer and Einstein just, starting in the front too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just or maybe one of the twins out there playing right back. I I don't know. So yeah, it it, it just could be absolute chaos. Um, but I suppose maybe maybe you just have to roll the dice. I think, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the way things are. Um, the only other option is that you just kind of just shut up shop. You try and put five across the midfield and and protect a, a very very compromised back four and try and get out of there with a point smuggle your way out with a point and go back, regroup. Four points would be absolutely incredible given the circumstances we're in at the minute. So I could probably imagine a backs against the wall performance with us venturing into their half, probably single figures. And yeah, just hope for the best and hope for a bit of luck and hope the bar and the post and Peacock Farrell can rescue us a couple of times. Yeah, 16,000 in the ground as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully two wee lads up front to get them turned, I think, as you mentioned in the preview. So, yes, uh, Dave, thank you very much for coming on um, at such short notice. So hope you guys have enjoyed that. Uh, if you don't already, do follow us on Twitter, at Spurt of 2016 Pod. And I'm going to stop the recording and put this up before anyone else dies. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>